Welcome to Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil, the official Monster Jam podcast. I'm Scott Jordan. My guest this week went all the way to the top of the mountain in 2016 when he won the World Finals Racing Championship. It is my pleasure to go to the Great Clips Hotline to North Carolina to welcome in my former broadcast partner, Morgan Kane. Morgan, welcome to Inside Monster Jam. So good to have you here. Thanks, Scott. We appreciate you uh, reaching out. I think it's really exciting anytime you get a chance to get involved back in the brand and um, just talk about things in the past and then also hit on a couple things in the future. So Absolutely. Man. I, and I have you to owe a lot uh, of credit to my career here because you, uh, you and Bryce embraced me back in 2019 uh, on our NBC broadcast and really kind of helped usher me and get me ready to where we're at today, man. So I do owe a lot to you and let's get right to it. Let's talk about your friendship with the Andersons growing up. I know your mom, I worked with Dennis Anderson when you were a kid. So that was sort of your introduction to Monster Jam. But let's go back and, and talk about little Morgan Kane growing up with the Andersons yeah yeah that's uh it's a story that never goes away I think it, it you think about childhood and how you were raised and and it, and it kind of builds you as a person like you said mom worked for Dennis back in the early 90s and, and it was a unique opportunity for me to to be involved in the family so you know when you think about Gravedigger and you think about Monster Jam it's something that um it's a family legacy, you know, so you always want to continue to help represent that and you know, represent your hometown is always a good thing as well. But growing up as a kid, it was, you know, I remember running around the gravedigger shop barefoot, diapers on, just playing. I mean, anything that we could get our hands on, whether it was a scooter, a dirt bike, four-wheeler, go-karts, whatever, um, we were always just trying to have fun. And, and Dennis was there always trying to, you know, help push the limits. He, he would always tell us, hey, go over there and set this jump up with a piece of plywood and See if you can jump it. Um, to have that relationship, it was a lot of fun. Well, as you were around there as a kid, uh, obviously as kids we have big dreams in life, and and some of those come to fruition, some don't. But was that your goal as a young man to end up in a grave digger truck and to drive these big monster jam machines? Well, selfishly, it wasn't. You know, I think that for me, my biggest dream was being a professional athlete. Soccer was my biggest passion. Me and my dad, and you know, we were on on the road probably 40 weekends a year just playing soccer. Um, so whether that's traveling to Chicago for a game, whether that's going to Texas for a game, I mean, you know, I say a game, I mean, you're in the top shape and top form of your, of your career when you're a junior and you know, senior in, in high school trying to get recruited. Um, so we were in a national league and we were traveling around all over the place. So that was really my main focus was how can I become a professional athlete? I had no intention to to drive a Monster Jam truck, so it was kind of unique how it played out. Yeah, and life has a funny way of, of coming full circle and, and kind of playing pranks on you. Let's talk about your soccer career because you go on to become a Division One soccer player, uh, which which I admire. I was a soccer player as well, but my biggest offer was to a Division Three school, so I wasn't quite at your level. Um, but you end up meeting Bryce Kenny indirectly in that story. So talk about that relationship and where that developed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, first I want to address the the Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, NIA, like that type of stuff. If you play college ball, they're all good. It yeah. doesn't matter, you know, what level you're at. Just Division One takes a little bit more of a dedication, specifically, you know, around the classroom. You're you're on big road trips, but when you think about competition, uh, you know, less than one percent go and play college sports from from a high school uh, background. So it's really cool to be able to see that and, and tell that story. But yeah, I mean, when you think about the introduction to Bryce Kinney, um, it was it was uh, something to where I'll never forget rolling up at Campbell University and going on my official visit. Bryce is the one that hosted me, um, him and three of, of the other 
players. Uh, it was really cool. I mean, I knew immediately Bryce was was my guy specifically because you go up to to the locker room to the facility and there's you know Honda Accords, there's Toyotas and all all of these. You know, it's just when you roll up and a guy has a uh, a, a yellow Mustang with racing stripes, it, it's kind of funny <laughs> that you're like, okay, this he enjoys motorsports. So uh, Bryce hosted me took me out to um, to classes and to a game. And it was really cool to get that full experience. Uh, but we actually never played together. So that was one of the things that Bryce and I still talk about to this day is, you know, who was the better soccer player? And we, and we always kind of joke about it where I'm a forward. He's a goalkeeper. Um, so I always told him, I said, you're, you're lucky that we didn't train together because I'd be burying him past you. And we joke about it now, but um, Bryce had a couple of turning points in his college career, and, and so did I, you know, and I think that, you know, fate really brought us back together for, for being able to be the best that we can be in life and then also be a role model within Monster Jam. That's crazy. Uh, that must have been a heck of a recruit, uh, recruitment class at Campbell University to have you with Bryce there. You end up both in Monster Jam, and you end up stuck with me on television in 2019. We'll get to that in a little bit. Up next, we're going to talk about the biggest trade in Monster Jam history. Stick around. More with Morgan Kane on Inside Monster Jam is next. Welcome back to Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. This week, I'm joined by former driver and host Morgan Kane as we talk about his amazing career in Monster Jam. Morgan, let's uh, before we talk about this trade, let's dive into Steve Sims, who I think is an underrated name in Monster Jam. He owns the team out of Virginia Beats Monster Trucks Unlimited, and that's where you got your start, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. I mean, Steve has been somebody that's probably been the most influential person in my career, specifically because without Steve... I wouldn't have been able to get behind a truck. Uh, you know, I think that back in 2010, I met Steve at a couple of shows. Um, Jacksonville, Florida was one that I went with the Andersons and we, we kind of hung out in the pits. Um, didn't know that he owned trucks and he lived in Virginia beach. So that was really cool for me to, to say, Hey, look, I, I was in Virginia beach for you know six years. It was four days out of the week. I'd go up there and train for soccer. So um, it was really cool to be able to make that connection um, and it paid off in the future. You know, I think that he had a couple of opportunities um, that were really unique. And um, I was in a crossroads with my career with soccer and, and college. And I didn't really know where I wanted to go was looking at armed forces and things like that. And then Steve said something to me during one of the summers, I think it was 2010. Um, and said that he had an opening and he needed some help. Uh, not only not only in, on the monster truck side, but also in his stone business, which uh, was a, an added bonus for for learning how to work with my hands. Yeah, and that's how he got involved as well. He did some cabinets for Dennis Anderson in, in, in exchange for Gravedigger coming to his son's party. So uh, Steve is a great guy, helped me a lot throughout my career as well. You get into Monster Jam, you end up driving Max D for Tom Mintz. And then November of 2015, the biggest and I believe only trade in Monster Jam history goes down between Tom and Dennis. You get traded along with Colvinard for Jared and Colton Eichelberger. So you go from Team Max D to Team Gravedigger. How did it feel to be back home with the Andersons on the Gravedigger side? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, when you talk about, first off, I'd like to take a step back just to understand like the Max D, you know, you're, you're, you're a headliner truck at that point. And, and when, when you, for the, for the viewers that are not, that are not aware of what a headliner truck is, is, you know, that's, that's, who's going to set the show. Um, you know, we, we want to do the best job that we can to be able to, 
um, continue to raise the bar every, every show um, and every event. But when I was able to make that transition from Ironman to Max D, that was something that changed my career. I think Tom being able to, to get behind me as a driver and as a person um, was something that changed my career because it allowed me to open up and express the way I want to drive. And that was something that was more on the style of the Andersons, you know, just because that's who I grew up watching. Um, so it was wide open throttle, throttle pops, big air, cross threads, that type of stuff. It, it was similar to the Max D style, but a little different. Um, so Tom spent so much time with me in Paxton, Illinois. I mean, it, not on, not on the track because there was not very much testing going on at Monster Jam University at that point. So Tom and I, we would, we would come back to Paxton in between weekends and, um, you know, we'd watch video, we'd look at it and he'd say, you know, the first 30 seconds of your run was great. You needed to turn it up here. Maybe you try a couple little things differently in this run. So it was cool to be able to talk with him about building as a driver because I mean, he's, He's been in it forever and you know, definitely a pioneer of the sport. So I remember we were starting the more monster jam tour. Um, that was in the fall of 2014. We did our first event in Hampton, Virginia. And Dennis actually came up to watch cause he was interested to see like the format, how it was going to go. When, when you look at your speedsters and your ATVs and then the monster trucks, how does, how does that, you know, play into the overall event? So when he was sitting in the stands um, we're all ripping around the track and enjoying having, having a lot of fun. And, and he took me aside after one of the events and said, Hey man, like, this is the coolest thing that I think I've seen since, you know, we started freestyling. And he, he was like, the only thing that I see that's wrong with this is that you're not in a grave digger. Um, and that was something that I took to heart because I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm representing my family here. It's not, it's not just grave digger. It's not just Dennis. It's not Ryan Adam. Kristen Weston. It's, we grew up in Currituck, North Carolina, Kill Level Hills, North Carolina. That is, you know, something that as a family you represent and, you know, you think about the blood on the side of Gravedigger. It's, you think of that as your blood. So it's, it's really cool to, to be involved in that trade. Um, and then when you think about how it all went down, I think it was the perfect segue into building a great storyline because me, Cole, we, we, lived in Currituck. You know, we, we were at Gravedigger shop every single day working, um, going to the diner together with all the guys. It was really cool to be able to, to tell that story. And then the same goes for Jared, uh, and Colton, you know, they represent Gravedigger or Max D and it was something that we thought was right. So, you know, for us to be able to, to push forward and, and ultimately make that trade, I think it was the best thing for all of us. I think it worked out great. You made great do your first year winning a World Finals Racing Championship. We will talk about that next, as well as explore Morgan's career now with Team Penske on the NASCAR circuit. Stick around. More Inside Monster Jam Power by Lucas Oil is coming up. Welcome back to Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. I'm Scott Jordan. I'm joined this week on the Great Clips Hotline by my former broadcast partner and driver, Morgan Kane. Uh, Morgan, let's talk about your win in 2016. You go all the way to the top of the mountain. You win the World Finals Racing Championship. Your name is now forever etched into Monster Jam history. Uh, how was that moment for you to go into the Gravedigger, be a part of that Anderson team, and walk away with the World Championship? Well, I always knew that I had the potential. I mean, you know, selfishly, I, I knew I could step up to the highest plate and, and really just 
deliver at that level. I, I knew that, you know, with the support that we had uh, with the team that year, it was great. The The amount of seat time that we had, specifically coming from 2015, more Monster Jam, then transitioning into 2016 Triple Threat Series. I mean, we were getting a ton of seat time in the truck, so I felt really comfortable. I knew that Las Vegas was always basically a, a no-lift race. Like, if you lift, you lose. Um, and with the racing background, you know, you, you watch video after video after video and you see how people enter into the chicane. It was always, hey, let's cut that corner. It ultimately it would put you way too deep into the into the chicane. So I ch actually changed the apex um, when I looked at practice and I'm like, OK, how can I how can I figure out a way to line up differently in the box and everybody else get out as fast as I can, but never lift off the throttle. So I made a, sm a small adjustment in the box, was able to make an easier turn to come on the inside of the chicane, um, and it just set me up for a straight shot. So that is really something that I, I took into qualifying. I think I was maybe second fastest yeah. qualifier, um, and it allowed me to set it really well in the bracket, and I was able to continue to knock through these um, each round, and, and I had lane choice. So just being comfortable in the truck was, was a big thing. Um, but you know, the confidence that you have when you go to the world finals, um, with team Gravedigger, it's, it's something that, you know, you know, fans in the stands, they, they depend on you to, I mean, they buy all these tickets and they say, Hey, look, I'm here to come see Gravedigger and I want to watch them deliver. So uh, for me, I knew that that was something I was like, look, I got to deliver here. And in the semifinals batteries were dead. Um, we had three or four different mechanics coming over. Um, not, some were not even a part of Team Gravedigger um, and had to do jump box for the final round. So they tested me back in the pits. I came up and, and took off and uh, the rest is history. Uh, you delivered for the Gravedigger fans that year for sure. You go on to have a, a few more successful years in Gravedigger. The pandemic happens. We come back to Monster Jam. Morgan Kane is nowhere to be found inside a truck, but you do start transitioning into uh, more of an announcer role, which you, as, as I mentioned, had experience on television doing. You and I called the All-Star Challenge together in Vegas for the international pay-per-view as well as live. What has that transition for you been like to come in and do these broadcasts as an announcer? Well, transition, I mean, you think about, you know, everything that happened in 2020 with, with everyone. I mean, it was a, it was a tough transition for a lot of people, uh, my family included. And um, the opportunity to stay involved was, was something I wanted to continue to, to use. I mean, 10 years in, in the industry is something that you just can't turn around and throw away. Um, you know, I think that not only do you want to continue as a, as a great person, but you also have a lot of fans and all over the world that are depending on you. I mean, there's, you know, 10 year olds, five year olds, two year olds that look up to you as a role model. And, you know, you have to look past that and you have to say, okay, what's the biggest picture for me? How do I support my family? How do I continue to be a great person and, and a great role model? Um, and announcing was something that I was like, yeah, this, this would be cool. I mean, I have a communications degree. Um, you know, I, I love to talk to people. So I figured announcing might be right up in my wheelhouse where I could have some fun with it. And, um, you know, it turns out from live broadcasting is a lot harder than, than doing it in the booth. Yeah, uh, but that's true. Yeah. it's, it's, uh, it, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I think that every time you go to a live event and even just recording a, you know, a podcast or anything that we're doing, I mean, it's, it's a learning curve every single time you're, you're on camera. So for me, uh, I learned a lot from, from not only you, but every, all the other hosts and, you know, Scott Douglas, I mean, everybody that was behind us in that transition, um, you know, it makes me more confident every time I get on the microphone. 
And, and you certainly bring an incredible insight to it. And I've, to, I've told so many people this. You elevated me to a different level. I didn't know I had because you're so smart about this. And I always have to feel like I need to be smarter than you were just as smart as you uh, because of all the knowledge that you possess. So I appreciate that and, and the way that you were able to elevate my game. And, and I could not have thought of a better pair of drivers to be with than you and Bryce in my first year. So I owe you a lot of that. And I'll stop, uh, I'll stop kissing your butt right now. It's a, team. it's a team effort. It's it a was team a team effort, effort. that's right. Um, let's move on right now to what you're doing here. I saw on Instagram, you were Talladega, your new career with Team Penske. Talk a little bit about what you're doing there. Yeah, it's been a great transition for me. I mean, I think that me and my family, first off, you know, based in, in Mooresville, North Carolina, which is just north of Charlotte. Um, my in-laws live here in Charlotte, so it was kind of a no-brainer when when I had that offer. Um, we were currently living in Richmond, Virginia at the time, um, applied for a position here, wanted to get back involved in racing. Um, you know, I, at the time, I was working for CarMax at their home office in Richmond and loved it. I mean, it was, you know, you, you always look for opportunities with great companies that you know help support you as a person take care of their employees that type of stuff and, and CarMax was that for me after the pandemic um, so being able to be home on the weekends was great with the kids but I knew that I, I wanted to get back involved in racing so um, came across the application knew a couple people here at Team Penske and it was it was uh, really really cool to be able to have the opportunity to to onboard here and and now I'm you know traveling to most races, um, not only on the NASCAR side, but IndyCar, sports car, um, you know, we're probably one of the biggest and um, most successful teams in racing. So it's, it's really cool to be able to be a part of the team. I know you, like me, are, are a huge family band. Uh, you've talked about that before. So how important was that for you? Because you're still traveling, as you mentioned, but to be able to be a little bit closer to home and to kind of limit that, how important was that for you to have this new career where you can still be home as, as a dad and a husband to your family, but also be able to be a part of this racing? Yeah, that was the most important. I think that for me, I've always looked at being a role model is really important to me, um, but you know, also being a role model for my kids. You know, I want to be the best dad I can be. I think that, you know, with my, my life focus now is to continue to be able to provide the best uh, opportunities for my kids uh, and my family. So that was something that I took really hard where I needed to, to figure out a way to, to still showcase, Hey, hard work every day pays off. Um, and, you know, things just don't get handed to you. So for, for me, I'm like, let me work from the bottom and figure out how to make this happen. And um, I still travel a lot, you know, but with the the travel now, it's it's basically race day only. So I'll fly in on Sunday. So, for example, Talladega flew in. Um, it was a great weekend for us, you know, with with Ryan Blaney still being in playoffs. It was a must win for us. So it was, it was really cool that um, we had the opportunity to, to put it in victory lane. And well, they have to know there uh, at Penske that they're sitting on a former world champion. Is there ever talk of you, maybe you getting behind the wheel of NASCAR? No, no, that's, uh, that's way outside of my, my <laughs> element there. I, I always tell them cause, cause people joke about it all the time. They're like, you know, you can drive I'm like, no, I can crash. I, I'm a <laughs> professional at crashing. Yeah. You don't want me behind a, 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 the car. So that's something that, uh, for me, I, I really want to focus on just kind of what I'm doing right now. And that's representing sponsors. I mean, I think that for, for me, it's, it's really cool to be able to, um, be involved in the daily business. And, you know, I think that, it's exactly what I wanted to do in life. You know, I think driving was a bonus when I was with Monster Jam, but, you know, representing a brand, representing uh, a number of different partners and just trying to provide the best experience possible for not only the fans, but um, employees that come to the track, anything like that. So that's that's really my goal. 
Um, but it's also a bonus that, you know, I'm still in racing. Well, I love that you're still a part of the sport in any way possible. Coming up next, your fan questions will be asked to Morgan Kane, including will he ever return behind the wheel of a Monster Jam truck? Get his answer next on Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. Welcome back to Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. I'm joined this week on the Great Clips Hotline by Morgan Kane. It's time for some of your questions. You can get involved in the conversation each and every week by following me on Instagram at ScottJordanMJSX. So, Morgan, a lot of fan questions this week. Most of them range in, is Morgan ever going to come back behind the wheel of Monster Jam? I do want to highlight one specific one. Alan M91 specifically asked if your approach to drive Max D following Tom's final season, would that be of interest to you? But let's open that up for a generalization. I know you have the itch. I saw it on Instagram this weekend. Will we ever see you driving in Monster Jam again? Um, I'm I'm never going to say no. Uh, I think that you know, for me, my my main focus right now is, is obviously in the career that I'm in, um, being able to to help live a great life at at, um, at my house and just make sure that my kids are, are just following me. You know, because I think that that's something that when you look at being a role model, you want your kids to understand like what you do every single day. Um, if I'm, you know, leaving and traveling for monster jam, then, then that's kind of tough specifically because you're gone for a long time. Um, but you know, for me, the passion is still there. Uh, you know, you never lose it. It's like riding a bike. I feel like if, if somebody was to ask me to jump behind the wheel of a, of a monster jam truck tomorrow, I can still put on a 9.5 freestyle. So it's, it's not a problem here. Obviously, I'm, I'm busy 38 weeks out of the year now with, with NASCAR and, and IndyCar and, and sports cars. So, um, but if there's that opportunity, I won't say no. Well, I think we just covered about 99% of the fan questions. That's all anybody wants to know. When are we going to see you? Uh, you are missed dearly in the sport. We're happy to have you as an announcer. But obviously, one day, uh, the legend of Morgan Kane on the track would be great, man. Absolute pleasure to catch up with you. And I look forward to seeing you down the road, my friend. Absolutely. Thanks, Scott. It's great to see you. You got it. That's all the time we have. I'll see you right here next week on Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil.